Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 29th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So weeks after being reprimanded, Indiana Attorney General Todd Rokita is again under investigation by the Indiana Supreme Court Disciplinary Commission, this time for the statement he made after signing the affidavit to settle his previous disciplinary complaint. There are many, many people, Casey, who hate me. And yet these people listen to this show. And you know why they listen because we're right so often. And one of the things, and at the time it seemed like a curse, but as I've gotten older and I've watched my life evolve and God puts you in places for reasons, one of the reasons our show is different from every other show is the experience that I had in the government. As an elected official, as an appointed official, I saw things from the inside and can give perspective that nobody else can or does, not just on this radio station, but in Indianapolis media. And from the moment Todd Rokita, and you remember, we were you were here, we were working together last year. From the moment he went on Fox News and ran his mouth, I said, he is going to get in big trouble for mm-hmm. that because that is totally, totally unprofessional behavior from an attorney, much less the attorney general, who is the law enfor- chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana. Mm-hmm. And what I said at the time was that was a just example 1A of why Todd Rokita should not be the attorney general. Because the attorney general, as the chief law enforcement officer for the state, for the state of Indiana in this case, should be all about, and prosecutors should be the same way, should be all about finding what the law says, finding what the Constitution says, and then if you believe something has been violated, pursue justice through the avenue of which you are supposedly an expert and a professional, which is the court system. His initial default reaction, because Todd Rokita is a politician, was to sprint onto Fox News as fast as he possibly could. Do I disagree with a lot of the things he said? No. Was he right on a lot of the things he said? Yes. However, I'm a radio broadcaster. Mm -hmm. He- He's not a pundit. He is 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 one of the most important elected officials in the state of Indiana. He is in charge of administering justice for the state of Indiana. And it was completely, 100%, totally unprofessional. And it proved everything we'd been saying. The Supreme Court- so went to the, there was a complaint filed for lawyers. There's what's called a disciplinary commission. Mm-hmm. They then reviewed the case and they made an agreement with Todd Rokita saying in agreement for you to admit you did wrong or you messed up, we will let you off or we will recommend the Supreme Court who oversees the disciplinary commission, let you off with a verbal with a, with a warrant, written warning, verbal warning, whatever, a reprimand, I'm sorry, reprimand. And you will admit you did wrong. We will reprimand you and we're all going to part friends and go our own ways and you're going to learn your lesson and not do that again. 
it was a three to two vote at the Supreme Court because the, just because the commission recommends something, Supreme Court can do whatever they want. They could have stripped him of his law license. They could have suspended it. There was a million different things. And many, many people thought, given how egregious Rokita's actions were, that he got off easy. And two of the Supreme Court justices, which I believe were all appointed by Republican, Republican governors, mind you, said essentially the same thing. So it was a three to two vote. Rokita then proceeds to, because again, he can't help himself and he can't not seek the limelight and he can't keep his mouth shut and he can't not be a politician in a job where you should be the exact opposite of a politician, sprints to the nearest, whether it was a press, I think it was a press release that went out, essentially trying to say, I didn't do anything wrong, blah, 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 blah. Well, that's in direct contrast of what you agreed to mm-hmm. At the, at the Supreme Court, you agreed I did wrong. You are accepting responsibility. And in exchange for that, the Supreme Court is saying, you have been reprimanded. You will go your merry way, in part because the Supreme Court said in the ruling he accepted responsibility. Well, to then immediately deny, which is wholly ridiculous anyway, that you didn't do the thing that you just accepted responsibility for, now he's back in hot water again mm-hmm. and multiple complaints have been filed against him. And he ain't getting off with a reprimand if they find him if they if they find him liable this time, Casey. Yeah, okay. So you mentioned that there have been multiple complaints that have been filed and they're separate grievances, independent of each other, and now that's what they're looking at. And now Rokita, he must provide a written response to the allegations that he violated two rules of professional conduct. So here is, and again, the way the commission works, any person, uh, and and this is inside baseball, but this is actually very important. So any person can make a complaint against an attorney, a lawyer, a prosecutor, anybody. Goes to the commission, commission, there's people who get it, they look at it, they go, oh, this is stupid. I'm sure they get, you know, frivolous complaints all the time. They throw it out. Right. However, then they'll look at, you know, if they find there's some merit to some, then it goes up the ladder and then... You know, just like in the legal system, somebody, you know, it's not a prosecutor, but it's essentially like the prosecutor, prosecutorial type people will decide how to proceed with the thing. Well, part of, again, Rokita's deal was that he, he, on this affidavit, you know, essentially admitted I did wrong. So here is what one of the complaints says against Rokita. And look, I'm no man of the law. Supreme Court's going to do whatever Supreme Court wants to do. I guarantee you this, uh, the commission on this is not going to be happy about this whatsoever. And the Supreme Court being made for fools or not, or tried to be made for fools are not going to be happy. Quote, this is, so this is from one of the complaints. The commission agreed to, and the court narrowly approved a very generous conditional agreement finding, quote, respondents acceptance of responsibility is a mitigating factor. Rokita, however, has not accepted responsibility for his misconduct. In his website response, filed immediately after the court's decision, he denied any misconduct and paints himself as a victim of the media, liberal activists, and cancel culture, among others. By implication, he includes the commission and the court among his perceived unjust persecutors. Mm -hmm. That is so well written, and this is why Todd should not have been the attorney general. Because as a senator, which he didn't ever get to be a senator because he ran a terrible campaign, but as a congressman, or the Secretary of State, he can say whatever he wants. Politicians can say whatever they want. But because you have to have a law license in the state of Indiana to be the Attorney General, you are held to a higher standard than just being a bloviating blowhard who doesn't want to be held to any sort of boundaries or standards. And Todd cannot get that through his very thick skull. Okay, so the commission's going to pay special attention to this 
Cardoza Jones grievance, and the disciplinary commission is investigating whether he violated this Indiana professional conduct rule. And you mentioned expert and lawyer. You're not a lawyer, however. We do have a guy, and tomorrow Abdul's going to join us, and we're going to get into maybe a little bit more of the weeds of that aspect of this. All right, so, um, and, and, and real, real quick, the, the highest level of this, the reason I have been so passionate about this is, and ultimately, in, in front of the uh, medical licensing board, Rokita got a, and uh, got, got, not verdict's not the right word, but got got justice of some sort against this doctor for doing some of the things that she did. Now, he didn't get everything that they set out to get, but they did were able to in front not it's not a criminal court, but the medical licensing board find that she had made some missteps as well. Mm-hmm. Which is what this should have been about and he tainted the whole thing and he made himself look stupid and he made the state look stupid because with Todd Rokita you're going to get activism first and justice second and this woman who should have been probably held to account even more than she was was able to get off with a relative slap on the wrist because he bungled the case because of his own inability to just keep his damn mouth shut. You're talking about the Fox interview. Y- yes. Yeah. And, and this Kate and this Caitlin Bernard mm-hmm. he harmed his own cause because he put himself in front of the justice system. Yep. All right. Uh, should we get to the second part of the... Uh, yes. Of this? Okay. So uh, it's funny that all this is happening because just last week he went on Tony Kennett's show mm-hmm. and went on some bizarre rant, unprompted, right? It wasn't like Tony was like, hey, what do you think about Robin Casey? Yeah. He went on some bizarre rant about us. It was clearly directed at us. He was refer- he never says our names, but he does this. He's done this more than once on WIBC where he will go on another show on WIBC and unprompted, mm-hmm. just like he did with Hammer and Nigel, mm-hmm. will start making bizarre, weird comments. I feel like you're an innocent victim in all of this. I, I am mean, an it, innocent it, bystander. It, it really, it Thank really you for is directed. But it's our that. show. I can't. It is. I know. My name my name's on it too, but he did call he he did say clowns. Plural. He did. And, so and so uh, it's so weird that a guy who claims to be such a fighter mm-hmm. and a guy who's such a big, tough guy will go on all the WIBC shows and say stuff about us. Mm-hmm. But then despite there are people acknowledging they listen, and he clearly listens because he's regurgitating things we're saying, and us inviting him on this show multiple times, mm-hmm. he will not come on on this show. And the reason for that is, and they actually touched on this in this article in the State House file, that Rokita depends upon people believing that the media is all left. And he's the victim. And he's the victim. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you think about me, nobody is going to accuse me of being a leftist. Nobody's going to be accusing me of being a liberal. I, my issue with Todd Rokita is Todd Rokita. I like a lot of Todd Rokita's politics. And he said the same thing about you. But he is wholly unqualified to be attorney general. And what he's going through with the Supreme Court, take the fact that he's by my understanding, never had actually tried a case before he became attorney general. It's like, would you have a surgeon who'd never done surgery? But no, of course. I mean, it's just stupid. But he's proving, he on a daily basis proves why I said he should not be in this position. Go be in politics. Go be where justice is not the cause, but politics is the cause. So anyway, since he won't respond to us, you and I made mm-hmm. an executive decision yep. that we are going to walk a letter over uh, to his office at the state house mm-hmm. when we get off the air today, 
and we're going to invite him on the show. That way they can't say, oh, we didn't know. We had no idea. Sure. We, and we didn't even think email would be appropriate. We thought someone of you know the level of attorney general, we should probably do this in person. But I wanted to share the letter that we're going to drop off to Todd Rokita's office. Well, I mean, what did he think was going to happen? He came into our house sure. and started ripping on us. Well, he's a fake tough guy. And we said, hey, come in here and talk to us about this. Crickets, nothing. It's so weird he's scared of a woman, isn't it? Like a big, tough guy, Todd Rokita. You know my looks have tones. (laughs) It's like he's afraid of you, Casey, (laughs) and he professes to be such a Billy Badass tough guy. So we're going to drop this letter off, and um, I just thought the audience should know exactly what we're dropping off to Todd Rokita. Now, in fairness, I wrote the letter. Mm -hmm. Casey did sign off on the letter, Mm -hmm. and her signature is actually on the letter, (laughs) and she wrote on the envelope as Mm -hmm. we will drop it off here in just a little bit. Uh, Are you ready? I'm ready. Maestro, please. Dear Attorney General Rokita, This letter is a formal invitation to appear on the Kendall and Casey Show, which airs weekdays 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. on 93.1 WIBC. He knows. In multiple recent appearances on WIBC, you have made derogatory remarks clearly geared towards the hosts of our program. As you reference numerous specific items discussed on our program, a reasonable person would conclude you are an avid listener. Mm-hmm. We thank you. For that, we thank you. However, we found these remarks to other hosts on our station perplexing, as we have invited you to appear on our program to discuss various issues mm-hmm. of apparent disagreement mm-hmm. multiple times. As a self-professed fighter, we are amiss as to why you keep saying these things to other hosts, Mm -hmm. but have thus far failed to accept our invitation to express these deeply held feelings to us on our program. As the chief law enforcement officer for the state of Indiana, Mm -hmm. and someone recently reprimanded by the state Supreme Court over irresponsible public comments, you understand better than most the need to be judicious in the words you use and provide explanation for said words. We are giving you the opportunity to do that by appearing on our show. In the interest of transparency and the public good, we once again extend the invitation for you to appear on our show. We hope that you accept. Mm -hmm. Care and prudence, Todd Rokita. Uh, Care and prudence. Good, professional, well done. Love it. I mean, I did several drafts of that, Mm -hmm. and that was the only one I could read on public airwaves. (laughs) And so we ended up going with that. Okay, so we're going to drop that off to his office in just a bit. I'm sure he's looking forward to it. (laughs) You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Twenty-two minutes after eleven, it's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Who else does a show like this? <laughs> no one. <laughs> you know, it's rare in your life, Casey, where as a young boy you can aspire to do something and and it actually happens. And yeah. I am I am almost forty years old, and I am doing the exact mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. I yearned to do as a small child. Yeah. 
And I'm actually doing the exact thing I yearn to do as a young adult. That's, I'm I'm doing it. You're living your dream. I mean, I am in a high-profile feud with the Attorney General for the state of Indiana, and I'm getting paid to do it, and mm-hmm. our audience is loving every second of it. Congratulations, Rob Kendall. <laughs> you know, uh, Jack just played some Kansas as our bumper music, yes. and you know, at one point I was I was front selling. I was I was disc jockeying on the ones and twos, Absolutely. the A's and B's, playing the music, mm-hmm. and look at me now. Look at you. Look at look you. Look at go. me now, getting roped into yeah. a fight with the Attorney. Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and you're speaking at that uh, political event tomorrow for Charles Bookwalter. Look at us now. You're an in-demand public uh, mm-hmm. public speaker. It is. Uh, I mean, life is just life is just wonderful for you. Hey, what's going on with Mark Cuban? Is it true that he's selling his this is wild that it, portion it, of his team? It appears that he is going to or has made a deal with the Adelson family. Now, people will probably remember Sheldon Adelson. He was a casino. Uh, mogul, and uh, he he passed away a couple of years ago. His wife uh, inherited his money, the trust, whatever it's called, and she, because uh, I think she's like a surgeon or something by by trade, uh, has agreed along with their trust. The re- these are just selling report- the majority this, stake in the Dallas Mavericks. Yeah, this has not been confirmed, but the report is that they believe they're going to pay three point five billion dollars. Well, that's the total valuation of the team. He's not selling all of his ownership. They they think it may be fifty seven ish percent, and that would be upwards of two billion. Two now billion. They're, they're basing this off of the fact because they're uh, Las Vegas Sands Corp is the name of the corporation that the Adelson family owns that owns the casinos. Uh, Mrs. Adelson, the widow, and then I think the son in law mm-hmm. uh, sold a bunch of stock, which is public record. It obviously is a publicly owned company. And as part of that, they had to put what the money was intended for, and they said they were going to buy a major sports fran- or a, a controlling ownership in a major sports franchise. Mark Cuban uh, and I don't, I don't know exactly how they determined it's the Dallas Mavericks, but it's it, everybody feels pretty good. It's the the Mavericks. I think they have some previously negotiated potential business ties to Mark Cuban involving an arena and a casino down there in Dallas. And uh, so the understanding is that Mark Cuban would still, even though he's selling a majority ownership, would still keep control of basketball operations. operations. Right. He's going to retain his role as governor yeah. of the franchise. Which that's big because that's the, I think the way the NBA works, the governor title is the voting title. So like on rules changes mm-hmm. or collective bargaining or, you know, whatever it, it might be, the, you know, hiring and firing of the commissioner. So he would kind of still maintain control. What's weird though, so Mark Cuban is 65 years old. Mm-hmm. And with a net worth of $6.2 billion. He has to, he has to dye his hair, doesn't he? There's no way the guy that his age still has jet black hair. There's absolutely no way, right? No, you're probably right. Isn't it shocking when people stop doing something? So here's a great example. Uh, this most recent tour, Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. comes out with like jet white hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this and it had been several years since he toured. And I'm like, that didn't happen what the overnight. Heck is this? Yeah. And I was like, well, the last time I saw him, it wasn't like he was 40. He was in his mid 60s. Oh, he's been cheating the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's how he kept that youthful appearance. Yeah. It's so, and you will see whether it's actors or musicians or whatever who, for some reason, will just wake up one day and say, I'm done with the, the boot black. You know, Mark Cuban has to die. There's no way he has, at 65 years old, jet black hair like that. No, I'm sure he has a little enhancement. Uh, so Forbes lists that Adelson as the fifth richest woman in the world. She has a net worth of $32 billion. So is he going to stay on Shark Tank? Well, no, he quit. So that's the other thing. Okay. People are like wondering what's going on. Is he's, I think is he's going to run? 
run for president? I don't know. Uh, he, I guess he publicly announced, it isn't even a rumor, that he is leaving Shark Tank. He was on there for 16 years. Mm-hmm. So you wonder, and, and I don't mean to be morbid about this, but he so loves basketball mm-hmm. and the Dallas Mavericks, and Shark Tank was such a part of his identity. Let's face it, those he's just hanging out with other rich people and they're just going in there goofing around having fun. Right. The fact that he would be giving both of these things up and he is by no means a spring chicken even though he still looks very young for for his age. Uh, you got, you hope, you know, ho- hopefully he's in good health but you do wonder what's kind of going on there. Or maybe he just is smart enough to realize, you know what, I'm stupid rich. I don't need to work this hard anymore and I want to enjoy it. I had a guy, so when I first started in radio and you, uh, I did overnights on a classic rock station mm-hmm. you were you probably played kansas uh, carry did, on your uh, man song. i met some yeah. i was 21 years old doing overnights this is back when they still used to have overnight disc jockeys mm-hmm. at the classic rock station we both worked for the same guy not at the same time but the same guy who owned the the station and i had a, a guy who was uh he was a weekend guy but he was also kind of like a fill-in guy if somebody had a day off or whatever he would come in and he used to years and years I'm talking like in the 1980s he was the producer for IU basketball this was in the for long before there was an IU radio network you know it was like they were in I think on some station in Bloomington Mm -hmm. I don't know and he said that every basketball game obviously pre-internet there was a guy who would call long that was back when long distance was a thing there was a guy who would call right before the start of every IU basketball game and ask him to put the phone on hold for our younger members of the audience used to be businesses or radio stations especially would have an on-hold service where you could hear the radio station as the on-hold service. Mm -hmm. And he said this guy would call from Texas every single game and would ask to be put on hold and would run up a whatever, you know, three-hour long-distance phone bill. And he said, I'm absolutely certain that guy was Mark Cuban. Really? You know, obviously pre-internet, there was yeah. no, when the games no were way just of on, hearing it. Games were just if on you TT- weren't in the market. Yeah, TTV4, it's not like you could, you know, cable your way to the IU basketball games. And he said, I'm absolutely certain that guy was, think about the phone bill back then, Casey. Right, but what does he care? Well, exactly. That's why he said, yeah. I, I'm, I'm all 90, you know, 95% certain that guy was Mark Cuban. Okay, so Forbes ranks the Mavs as one of NBA's 10 most valuable franchises. It's worth $4.5 billion. Yeah. So you do wonder. I mean, I, you hope everything's fine, but he, it's just, he. I it, guess he was in his usual seat on Tuesday, right? Well, anytime you see somebody sell something that is not a business, it's a passion or a hobby, which basketball is to him, you do. Now, again, he's not selling the whole team. And he is going to stay as the you know yeah. governor role. He's still going to be involved. Maybe maybe he just thought it was too good of a deal to pass up, and he mm-hmm. still gets to do all the things he wants to do. Yeah. Okay, it is uh, 1129. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 1134. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So there's this billionaire. His name is Charles Koch. And uh, he's got this conservative network, and they came out yesterday and they endorsed Nikki Haley for president, throwing not only their weight, but a whole lot of money her way. This opens up a lot of doors. So I I think most of our audience would be familiar with the Koch brothers. I think there's only one of them living, if I recall. Charles, yeah. I think one of them passed away. These guys, they made their money. Was it in the oil business? I think they made, that's how they made their money i could be off on that but they are were two brothers who were filthy rich 10 15 years ago they were super libertarian leaning 
and they funded all sorts of think tanks. Um, there was a actually a group when I did talk radio in North Carolina, the John Locke Society that that, uh, that was funded by the Koch brothers, and they you know did these states all off the across the country, and and uh, their goal was to get people thinking in a more limited government mindset. And Koch brothers were a super huge deal as a candidate you wanted to be endorsed by them because of the money that came mm-hmm. etc mm-hmm. but they did a lot more than just try to win elections they tried to change the way people thought and what's really weird is that in the era of trump i think the one brother was kind of a never trumper guy mm-hmm. and they became so anti anti-trump they didn't endorse anybody and they yeah i mean i was in the general too it was mm-hmm. like you got a choice between hillary and anybody and you're not endorsing anybody i mean come on um but they they really got a lot of egg on their face because the at least the one brother again I think the other one has, has since passed away was pretty vicious in their anti-Trump which Trump did a lot of things the Koch brothers claimed to want to be for I mean mm-hmm. we talk about the the tax cuts for businesses right. and encouraging a bit American business to come back over from overseas and uh, changing the tax code I mean there was a lot of things Trump did and it was another reminder. Because so many people made money, and I'm not saying the Koch brothers are this, they gave away a lot of money, but so many people made money, like a Bill Crystal, off the idea of certain things. But once the thing happened, then your idea is no longer necessary. And so I think a big part of the pushback from traditional Republican, not even Republican, conservative voices to Trump was their grift would come to an end if Trump won and tried to do the things that he tried to do because your your idea of wouldn't it be cool if was actually being done. Wouldn't it be cool if we secured the border? Hey, he wants to build a wall. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if we, we made America's business tax climate competitive with the rest of the world? Trump did it. Wouldn't it be cool if we had somebody who got tough on China? Trump did it. Those guys ran out of a market because they didn't need the pontificators anymore. There was actually somebody in office trying to do the thing, and they showed it was about them rather than the thing. And isn't that interesting because he's the guy who was doing all of the stuff that they wanted, but yet they wouldn't back him. In fact, they're arguing that Nikki Haley is the strongest candidate to defeat Trump in the GOP primary, as well as Biden, they said that she has what it takes to lead a policy agenda to take our nation's biggest challenges and help ensure our country's best days are ahead. Isn't it weird, though, how in the modern Trump era, and I think it's because Trump is so strong as a personality, it, it used to be, and Ted Cruz ran into this, these endorsements would matter because of the money that came with them and the networking. Like, hey, one of the Koch brothers is a staunch Nikki Haley supporter. Cool. Here's his network of you know tentacles mm-hmm. of people and funds and organizations and nonprofits that are funded by the Koch brothers. And now, while you can't make those people support you, boy, isn't it convenient they just start tending to lean in that direction. And Ted Cruz, I think, kind of banked on some of that when he ran in 2016. But it just simply... It doesn't matter with Trump because his personality and his brand is so big and so strong that it almost works against you. It, it's, it works against Kennedy and it works against the people doing the endorsement because now you've just alienated a huge group of people. Okay, so Nikki Haley said, obviously, she welcomed the endorsement. And she said this is a choice between freedom and socialism, individual liberty and big government, fiscal responsibility and spiraling debt. Now, if you're everybody else, if you're Ron DeSantis, if you're Chris Christie, if you're Vivek Ramaswamy, aren't you going, oh, crap, she got the Coke money. And 
but also looking like, okay, what is she going to have to do now Well, to say, thank you? She hasn't. In fact, if you look at the polling, and I saw this the other day, somebody posted, I can't remember who it was. She got a little bump after that most recent debate, and then she has totally flatlined mm-hmm. since. DeSantis is still several points ahead of her in all the polling. She, you know, she's not trending upwards. She's a very unlikable person. The stuff she said about the internet shows who she is. Right. I mean, think about it. you're the Koch brothers whose idea was liberty and freedom. That was kind of the central theme of their support. And you're supporting a woman who says everyone on the internet should have to identify themselves. By name. You come off yeah. as disingenuous and people see through it. And I just think in a world where it's a 24-7 news cycle and Trump can just do whatever he wants to do. Their money isn't going to matter. She doesn't matter. And it's it's fun for us to talk about, but I think that's probably as far as it goes, right? Well, I mean, it'll be a lot of money that they're going to inject her way. Is it, though? I mean, because we're, we're a month away from yeah, Iowa. Yeah, I mean, they're like the George Soros of the Republican Party. But you're so close to Iowa now. How much are they actually going to put into her? Because while they have, they don't have infinite money. They have a lot of money. By our standards, they have infinite money. We need more friends with infinite money. We ran that one billionaire guy off. What the heck was his name? Oh, you know, the guy that ran for mayor. Jefferson Schultz. Yeah, our principles always get in the way of our friends. We would have more friends if we didn't have these principles, Casey. Because, see, we knew he was going to lose anyway. We should have just held our mouth, and then we could be on a nice vacation somewhere. That would be disingenuous to our <laughs> listeners, though. Hey, we talked yesterday about the uh, Ron DeSantis-Gavin Newsom debate. Yes. And it's being called the Great Red versus Blue State Debate between two governors. And you asked this is going to be on Fox. Is it going to be on Fox News? It is going to be on Fox News. And it's going to be at 9 o'clock Thursday from Georgia. Of course, you can also hear it right here on WIBC, 90 minutes long. And it's going to be hosted by Sean Hannity. Okay, so I got two options here. It's going to be on WIBC. Mm -hmm. I can either do that or I can just swallow my pride and go be nice to my dad and ask to use his cable for Mm -hmm. a couple hours. No, you should listen to it on the radio. I'll watch it on TV. All right. And then we can do the... By listening, it sounded like this oh, person won. Oh, that's a great idea. By watching, it looked like this yeah, person won. I wonder what my wife's going to make me do, though, because she likes to go watch these things. And- well, isn't it fascinating, though, because here you have two, I mean, relatively younger guys yeah. doing a debate, and the comparison between that debate and what we've seen, you know, with Biden, yeah. his stumbling and mumbling around. I just don't want to waste two hours of my day. It just seems like a giant waste of time. Why don't you just do both? Listen do and watch. Do it for the show. Why don't you have one ear doing the radio and the other doing the television? How about that? And then I'll just say, Casey, how'd it go? <laughs> I'll give you my synopsis. All right, it's Kendall and Casey. It's 1142. It's 93 WIBC. The National Christmas Tree Fell. What? We'll discuss it coming up. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Because like a place she was laying there, moonlight dancing WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. Rob, did you see yesterday? Uh, winter's here, by the way. Very cold. Yeah, lake effect snow up in northern Indiana and uh, all all along up to New York, lots of snow, like up to 30 inches, causing a lot of problems on the highway. But there's also high winds uh-huh. with this snow. Yeah. And uh, guess what it did? Uh-oh. You probably saw. 
It toppled over the national Christmas tree. What? Yeah, Biden was set to light that thing up uh, tomorrow night at oh, the White no. House. It was blown over by the wind. It's that unste- unsteady? Yeah. I mean, are the, or are the winds that strong? Now, obviously, we got winds here, but apparently they're nothing like they're getting in other places. Was this, this is the big question, was this wind so strong that it took the tree down, or was this, you know, shoddy craftsmanship? Right. Was it people, not, was it not stabilized enough? Don't you think it's a bit symbolic? of the Biden administration. <laughs> the tree is falling over. I mean, the tree, would, the tree trip and fell. I don't remember the, the tree trip and fell. I don't ever remember the tree falling over, which you would think in all the years they've been doing this, they have had relatively high winds at some sort, which would lead me to believe perhaps there was some faulty worksmanship mm-hmm. at play here. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they haven't had bad weather in D.C. before. Yeah, that's right? a good point. So this is a 100-year tradition, the lighting of the National Christmas tree. By the way, it's a 40-foot Norway spruce, and it arrived in Washington earlier this month from a national forest in West Virginia. I wonder what that costs like because you got to get you not only got to get the tree itself then you got to get it to washington dc where'd you say it was from it's from west virginia okay so that's not too far of a trip but somehow they've got to get that tree to we should ask pat sullivan because he works in the christmas tree world what it costs to move a christmas tree yeah they put it on that big wagon and welcome it in you did you know pat by the way and i, I assume he still has this service pat sullivan uh has a service for very, let's just say, high-end clientele, mm-hmm. where if you are one of those people who has a gigantic Christmas tree. Now, I can barely get a three-foot tree in my home, but if you're someone like you, who has many floors and very high ceilings, <laughs> he has a service where each year they will come mm-hmm. and put up the Christmas tree yeah. for you, yeah. and then They'll they come will and come take it down. and take it down. Yeah. If I were a rich person, this is one of the first things I would do, Casey, because I love a Christmas tree. I hate putting the Christmas tree up. Did you see that there's a tree in the lobby now, and I think that that's a Pat oh, Sullivan yeah. every, every, piece of work. always happens. It's always a it's Pat beautiful. Sullivan piece of work, and mm-hmm. they do great work there at, at Sullivan's Hardware. My wife asked me this year, because some of the lights are starting to go out on mm-hmm. our Christmas tree, she's like, um, can we get a new Christmas tree this year? And I said, no, absolutely not. Have you seen the price of Christmas trees? Yeah, Christmas trees are expensive, I especially said, the pre-lit ones. I bought lights last year to replace the ones that aren't mm-hmm. working. Of course, they're already still, they're all on the tree, so there are lights that aren't working on the tree. But I work in radio. Mm-hmm. There's only so much I can do here, Casey. How big is your tree? Uh, I think it's... Six, six feet? Yeah, six okay. feet. Yeah. Okay, ask me how big mine is. How big is your Christmas tree? It's like three feet. No way. Yes. In that mansion ti- you live in? It's a tiny little Probably thing. Probably looks so barren. Um, It's fine, I Rob. Mean, I mean, your house is like, I'm trying to give a description of Casey's house so people can picture this. Remember in the movie Citizen Kane, Zanzadu? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the name where... Uh, <laughs> Where the main character lived, yeah, Orson mm-hmm. Welles. Mm-hmm. That's Casey's sure. house, right? Sure, it is. It had, there's giant giraffes yeah. in, the, in the in the backyard, yep. and a high mm-hmm. rise where she can hold her mm-hmm. her glass of bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't be ridiculous. You know it's a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, something I wanted to ask you about, John Rom. You know this guy. I know John Rom. Yes, one of John the best Rahm. golf players in the world. Uh, he's won the Masters. He's won the U.S. Open. He's been offered $600 million to join Live Golf. This is pretty wild because Live, of course, so for those of you who don't know, the, the professional golf is having a split 
very similar to what IndyCar did in the in the mid to late nineties, in which a group called Live Golf, which mm-hmm. is backed by Saudi Arabia, the Saudi Arabian Wealth Fund, has paid huge amounts of money to uh, famous golfers to join their tour, like disgustingly sick amounts of money. Uh, Cam Smith ha- has gone, Dustin Johnson has gone, Bryson DeChambeau has mm-hmm. gone, Phil Mickelson's gone. Brooks Kepka, did Bro- he go? Brooks Kepka is yeah. there, so they have picked off several of the most famous golfers in the world. And the new rumor out, as you're alluding to, is that John Rahm, who is arguably the best golfer in the world, maybe Scotty Scheffler, but John Rahm is one of the certainly one of the top three golfers in the world, that they are attempting to pry him away mm-hmm. for a price tag of $600 million. Okay, which could be like his biggest paycheck ever. But why is Liv throwing out these big offers if there's a merger on well, the way? So this is the big question. Is this an indication that maybe it's not going to happen? There's a lot of people who believe. So Jordan Spieth was just added to the... Um, like, I, I'm going to get the name of it here wrong, but it's like the Players Board of Directors mm-hmm. that that kind of advocate for the, the players. And he was real kind of wishy-washy on what's going on the other day when he got asked about this. I would tend to believe that the lack of common ground is too wide to bridge. Mm-hmm. However... Uh, you know, you never say never. So let's put this in comparison, though, when people are like, I can't believe these players are selling out and giving giving into the Saudi death money. If you had a phenomenal year on the PGA Tour, like a really, really good year, mm-hmm. you might make $20 million. Okay? So John Rahm would make <clears throat> essentially what it would take him 30 years to make right. on the PGA Tour. Uh, who knows how long this contract actually is, but I can assure you it's infinitely more than he would make on the PGA Tour, and it's so easy for anyone to go, well, the principal, well, I would reject that on principal. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Tiger Woods did. Because they Tiger off- Woods is worth millions He's of dollars, He's already got Casey. the money set. Yeah, yeah, they offered him $800 million and he said no thanks. Tiger Woods, at one, has infinite money, so he doesn't need the money. And two, Tiger Woods is the one guy who his legacy far exceeds any monetary Value like it is in the when the history of golf is written. Whenever the good Lord comes back and says no more golf for anyone, <laughs> we're we're all we're you know we're all uh, we're all playing on a different ball game mm-hmm. now. It will be written that it'll be Jack Nicklaus one A and Tiger Woods one B in terms of the greatest golfers who ever lived. So he was not going to tarnish his legacy. Uh, he was not going to tarnish his legacy by joining Liv because he doesn't need the money. Okay, so uh, John Rahm. I just love saying his name, yes. by the way. John Rahm. John Rahm is uh, a psycho, if you've ever seen him play. like He's very angry on the golf course. I am totally convinced at some point John Rahm is going to take a, a fanned four iron uh-huh. and smash it in between somebody's skull. Uh, <laughs> very, very animated on the golf course. Well, he said that the appeal is there, but his heart remains with the PGA Tour. That, yeah, what's his me- wife say? <laughs> what does Mrs. Rom say right because Mrs. Rom is uh they've I think they've got t- like two kids now mm-hmm. and I think she's got very fine taste of course and, she does and so what does Mrs. Rom have to say right she'll be the deciding factor well we'll <laughs> see what happens there I just think it's really interesting that maybe this is an indication that that merger isn't going to happen after all short of doing something that would put you in adult prison is there anything you wouldn't do for six hundred dollars six hundred million dollars. <laughs> Um, no, probably not. Well, there's a few things that I think fear might stop me from doing. Yeah. Like jumping off a really high rise building or something with a parachute. Yeah. like, like I don't I, know. There's a few things that I don't. 
I, I would vomit all over myself on the way down. I, I guess. wouldn't do anything that would involve me spending a lengthy stay in in a federal or state prison. Right, that's not worth it. But I think I'd be pretty open for the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I don't have any money for you today, but I do have a great thank you for your performance. And thank you, Kevin. That's going to do it for us. Tony Katz is up next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.